You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Spinal cord injuries produce devastating and lifelong disabilities. What therapies are available to us to help our patients who have these unfortunate injuries? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and with me today is Dr. Naomi Kleitman, Program Director with the Spinal Cord Injury Portfolio at the National Institute for Neurological Disorders and Stroke at the NIH in Bethesda, Maryland. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Kleitman. Thank you for having me. When we talk about patients who have sustained spinal cord injuries and have gotten past the initial stages and stabilized and are trying to recover, are there some treatments on the horizon that may help to ease their burden? There are rehabilitative treatments that are currently being used and being tested that I believe are already doing something to ease the burden, but hopefully will do more in the future. And there are experimental therapies that are being tested now in animals and in some cases even already in some clinical trials that are meant to actually repair the nervous system itself to stimulate regeneration or allow the nervous system to rewire to some extent something we call plasticity in ways that may ultimately improve function. We're taught and tend to think about nerve tissue as not having very much potential to regenerate, but there is some potential it sounds like. Well, there's actually a lot of potential in the nerves of our body outside of our brain and spinal cord. And the peripheral nerves of in the arms and legs, for instance, have a good amount of regenerative ability. And that has to do with the fact that the support cells, the glial cells that are in the peripheral nerves are a different variety of cell than that found in the central nervous system. And in fact, that exact property is one of the properties that's at least at the basic science level, we're trying to exploit to actually bring some of the peripheral glial cells are called Schwann cells, and we know that they have many growth-promoting capabilities. And so one of the things that's been looked at for several years is the possibility of taking a piece of peripheral nerve or actually the Schwann cells themselves and to create a bridge through which you could get regeneration within the spinal cord. It's also been looked at in the optic nerve to some extent. Are there particular chemicals, or is it known what is letting this happen with the peripheral Schwann cells? We know quite a lot about what stimulates the growth. One of their factors both secreted by the cells, called growth factors or trophic factors, that stimulate nerves to help them survive as well as regenerate. The Schwann cells themselves make proteins on their cell surfaces and on the what's called the extracellular matrix or basal lamina that surrounds the cells, and we know what many of these are, and many of them are growth promoters. And so axons actually like to crawl right along the surface of a Schwann cell in between the surface of the cell and that basal lamina. On the other hand, in the central nervous system itself, the glial cells, in this case the astrocytes and oligodendrocytes, are known to have proteins on their surface that are inhibitory to growth. Mm. And so either bringing some of the growth-promoting molecules into the CNS or neutralizing the growth inhibitory proteins that are already in the CNS are both very actively being pursued as uh, possible therapies to help rewire the spinal cord. Some of these Schwann cell proteins, are they being synthesized and looked at in, in vitro as well as in vivo? Well, certainly the secreted proteins, the neurotrophic factors themselves have been looked at not only for spinal cord injury but for many neurological disorders 
at least the targets may be many neurological disorders where, as I said, the trophic factors can both be neuroprotective or help sustain the nerve cell population as well as to promote its growth. Mm -hmm. So looking at factors like laminin is something that's currently being looked at. I don't know of any of those that are in clinical testing at the moment, but there are also, as I say, proteins within the spinal cord that we know are inhibitory and there is actually a phase one trial underway in Europe at this point looking at an antibody that could actually block some of the inhibitors, and others are being tested, such as chondroitinases. The basal lamina in the peripheral nerve is actually promotes growth, but some of the molecules that create a basal lamina in the central nervous system or actually create the scarring within the central nervous system we actually feel need to be removed in order to promote regenerative growth at the point of injury. So most of these are still in the basic science in vitro stage. As I said, at least one of them is going into clinical testing and early phase testing, phase one testing in a trial in Europe, and that's an antibody to a protein we've come to call NOGO, good name for a protein that stops growth. And there are a number of other drugs being developed that would either get directly at the NOGO molecule itself or at the receptors that actually recognize it and tell the neurons to stop growing. Think of this then as something that would have to be locally introduced into the CNS. It's not something that one could take in a pill form or of that nature. It's certainly not a pill form, but I don't think it's being injected directly into the spinal cord, but probably into the cerebrospinal fluid near the cord. There are other types of drugs, a drug called Rolopram, which doesn't have to be given locally. Well, it's been used clinically for other disorders, but in terms of spinal cord injury and regeneration, it's being looked at because it helps the nerve cells respond to the growth promotion that happens to be in the environment. There's an intracellular signaling pathway inside the cells. It's the cyclic AMP pathway, which is now a lot of a lot of research has gone into this in the last several years. And it's been shown that if you actually increase the cyclic AMP in nerve cells, you can allow them to ignore some of these inhibitory proteins or actually respond better to the growth-promoting proteins. And because the drug can be given systemically, I believe it, it is being tested currently, not here in the United States, but in other parts of the world for spinal cord injury. What I think that drug or drugs like it would be tested for is actually to be used in conjunction with other types of therapies. So, for instance, as we begin to develop cellular therapies, whether it's bringing these peripheral nerve bridges into the spinal cord or even some potential stem cell therapies that may be tried, it's now felt very strongly by the research community that one particular therapy alone won't be the success. Mm -hmm. The success will be some sort of combination And a number of really intriguing trials and animal trials have shown that if you combine cyclic AMP together with cellular implants, that you'll get a much better result and, in fact, a success where otherwise with either one alone you would not. And so I know that that's being pursued very heavily in a number of laboratories here. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm discussing newer treatments for helping chronic spinal cord injury patients develop some repair and regeneration of their nervous tissue with Dr. Naomi Kleitman from the NIH in Bethesda. Dr. Kleitman, are there other avenues that are being looked at in terms of regeneration and repair? 
Well, we just talked about one intracellular signaling pathway, cyclic AMP, and there is another one that's being explored. There's a phase one trial that I believe is recently completed in Canada. If not, it's probably close to being completed. There's a drug called Sathrin that has been tested. And again, there is evidence from the laboratory that shows that if this pathway is blocked within nerve cells, that they can then overcome all the inhibitors and and begin to grow again and possibly help remodel and repair the nervous system. What you need to understand about the way these drugs are all being tested is they begin with a phase one. That's an FDA term, which simply means that they're being tested for safety, in this case, in the spinal cord injured population. We can't yet say anything from a phase one trial as to how effective they are in actually restoring function. But in terms of drug trials, I think those are the main ones that are currently going on. There was a cellular trial which was conducted over the last several years into a different type of therapy. Dr. Kleitman, it seems that there's hope for uh, regeneration and repair of the CNS tissue by combining approaches that combine the growth-enhancing effects of some of the peripheral nerve support cells like the Schwann cells along with attacking some of the inhibitory components of the CNS glial cells. That's exactly the situation, and I think that's exactly the type of combination that we're going to be seeing tested uh, in the near future. Obviously, there are other types of cells that can be supportive for growth. People are very interested in looking at various sources of stem cells, some of the blood-derived stem cells, and of course, other types of stem cells are being tested. They can both be protective of the nervous system and possibly promote regeneration. And other types of growth-promoting molecules, such as some transmitters like inosine have been looked at. All of these are still in the experimental stage of testing. Inosine is a um, purine transmitter that has been tested in multiple sclerosis, I believe, but is also shown some really strong regenerative effects in spinal cord and optic nerves. So I believe that we'll be seeing testing of molecules like that in combinations uh, as well in the future. Are there any other particular approaches to regeneration and repair? There's one trial that was run in recent years. It was stopped last year for as much financial purposes as anything, which was the use of a, a cell called a, a macrophage, which is a natural cell in the part, as part of the immune system. But it's, again, this was a trial that was run initially out of Israel, but a multi-center trial was run here in the States looking at the, the cellular preparation was called Procord. And the macrophages were actually um, building on the same principle where peripheral nerve is a place where regeneration is a natural phenomenon, but to bring that into the spinal cord. So they were activating macrophages more as they would be activated in a peripheral nerve injury, and then bringing the activated macrophages into the spinal cord to see if in the spinal cord environment they would be supportive of, again, both protecting the injured area of the cord at the time of of implantation, but then to restore regeneration. There was some evidence from the preclinical studies that um, these were actually regenerative uh, therapies. I don't know the outcome of the phase two trial for as far as it went, but there was a couple of promising patients in the phase one trial when it was run several years ago. I don't know the future of that therapy, but it was a similar but a different type of cell and a different reason for the, the therapy to be tried. 
Interesting. And I think of introducing macrophages, I worry about more inflammatory mediators. Uh, are you aware were there any downsides to that therapy? Well, that was certainly a concern, and it was certainly a concern of many in the community. In fact, that same uh, scientific group, this is Michal Schwartz's group in Israel, has looked, for instance, at T-cells as another source of cell that might be used. In the case of the T-cells, they've actually shown experimentally that it's a U-shaped curve, that these can be very dangerous cells if used in too, in too high of a quantity because um, they themselves can cause damage in the, in the spinal cord. With the macrophages, they didn't, it, at least preclinically, they didn't report that. And certainly from the phase one trial, there was not an indication that the patients did worse. As I said, there was actually an indication in a couple of cases the patients might have done better than expected. And that was the justification for the phase two trial. As I say, the results of that hadn't been released to my knowledge. Um, the trial was, was ended quite recently, and, and we don't know yet whether there's any sign of a reason that, that that could be continued. I want to thank Dr. Naomi Kleitman, who has been our guest as we've been discussing some novel approaches to the regeneration repair of CNS tissue in patients with spinal cord injuries. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.